In the holy name of Jesus, amen. There have been thousands of Christian books published all over the years with so many topics from dealing with grief and sorrow to raising teenagers to being good productive citizens all the way down to Christian cookbooks with that recipe for orange jello salad with green olives and shredded carrots. Followed by some Bible verse about doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is probably one book that has been more published recently that might stand out for you. This is the 20th anniversary of Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. He has sold 50 million copies and that book has been translated into 85 different languages. I'm not going to sit here today and have criticism or endorsement of the book. If I visit your house, I'm not going to look to see if it's on your bookshelf. But the fact is, is that the book is so widespread and so popular that I really think it should make us stop and for a moment and think. What is the purpose-driven life? What is your purpose? What Warren's book is really saying is, is we don't know. We don't know what our purpose is. We're hoping that somebody will tell us. You probably don't read a book about purpose in your life if you already know what your purpose in life is. This book, even by the title, should simply tell us that we're wandering, we're aimless, living largely unfulfilled and purposeless lives. We jump from one thing to the next, thinking about that it will fix our discontentment. Last night, I was in the Charlotte Douglas International Airport in North Carolina. If you've not been to that airport, it's insane. It is so busy. And as I was walking to my three different gate changes, I was walking amongst these humongous two-story high reindeer that were lit up. And all of the jolly Christmas music was going on in the airport, all the stores, all the shops and restaurants had on their holiday cheer, and there were thousands of people traveling for the holidays because they were talking about it. And in the midst of all of this holiday cheer, there are people dropping every kind of curse word because the airline has messed up their holidays. <laughs> I will never fly this airline again, People yelling at other people, you have ruined my holiday trip. You have made it such a chore for me now to get home, to see my family, or to take my kids to Disney World for Christmas. And as I sat there, kind of looking around, it was kind of interesting to see all of the holiday cheer and to see people just vehemently angry. What are we looking for to help us? How discontented are we? Our leaders fail, so we look to the next election. Our team loses, so there's always next year. Parents build their whole identity around their children's hobbies, 
and then they grow up and leave and want nothing to do with their parents. We are restless. We are looking for peace and rest, thinking that it is yet to come, that we will only have annoying anguish in this life for a momentary time. But unless you rest in Christ, unless you go back to what the little children talked about today with us pointing us to Christ, you will be wandering forever looking for something new to fascinate you and to fill your time. We just heard it from Galatians 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into his hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir with God. That's your purpose. Your purpose and my purpose is to live out this life free in faithfulness with what God has showered upon you in his forgiveness and grace. Your purpose is that you and I now live as the children and the family of God. You are no longer set to be frustrated at the airport or politicians or sports teams. You're no longer set to be salivating over the next high-tech gift or next app that will fail you. You are ones who get to look at God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and you get to call him Abba. It's not the Swedish pop. Abba means daddy. Something the Old Testament would have never called Yahweh. But here is the relationship that the Father has with you. You are a son. Now that's not a gender-only type thing. The reference to a son means that you are like the firstborn son in a family in Jesus' time. You are the one who receives all the inheritance, all the goods, every last one of you, men, women, and child. He does not look at you as an outcast or a slave, but as one who has been given the gift of eternal life. Unless you rest in Christ, you will be forever wondering, looking for something new, to fascinate you and fulfill your times. The truth is, is that Jesus stands among us today and we don't recognize him. People, pe people find Rick Warren's book more intriguing than the words of Mary today. People are looking for purpose rather than seeing Christ's purpose, which is you. Flip it around, folks. This is not what your purpose is and what you're doing for God and how great you are or not great you are. God in Christ Jesus' purpose is all centered on you. Hear Mary again. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. That's how he looks at the politicians, by the way. And he has exalted those of humble estate. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to you, his offspring, forever. The Lord of the universe, who created the heavens and the earth, this big giant ball floating in space, the one who has ordained that you draw breath and exist, today in our reading, he's in the womb. He lives in the womb. He lives amongst us. He holds all things together in his hand. He gives us his daily bread. He makes the rain fall upon the good and the bad, and he is not recognized. We are waiting for his return to judge the living and dead, to make a new living world out of this old dying creation. If things were perfect, everybody would get their plane on time. If things were perfect, you wouldn't be going to the doctor for another test or another shot. If things were perfect, you wouldn't have to go into major debt to make your Christmas the best Christmas ever. And yet in all of this, Jesus is perfect to you. Do you see this as the gift? The gift that keeps on giving. On one level, it doesn't really matter. He's going to do this whether you want him to or not. His redemptive work already began when no one in the entire world knows what God is or how he has come to us. When he, as everybody today likes to talk about a child in the womb, when he is simply a clump of cells, in his mother's womb, his redemption is unavoidable. We didn't ask him to come. He comes for us. Do you want to be a part of this? Or do you want to be a part of the two-story reindeers and the angry people at Christmas time? The truth is, is that if you want to be this, you have the great and wonderful gifts given to you. You and I cannot raise the dead. But you can give the greatest gift by forgiving the sins of each other. You can't bring an end to the suffering, but you can rejoice always, even in your suffering. Paul advises to tell you today to do something absolutely remarkable. It not, was not in our reading today, but it was a sign for today where he says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Is that something that we as the church are known for? Are we seen as a place of calmness where we have all of our thoughts, ideas, and behaviors made reasonably toward each other? The world panics, the world shouts, the world gets angry, and we have the peace of the Christ child in Mary's womb. The world bears grudges, and we are taught to forgive. The world is dying, and we now have life. If you really think about it, maybe you're here today because it's the holidays. Maybe you don't really go to church. Maybe you don't find any of this to be relevant, useful, or whatever else. 
Maybe you're wishing you could have slept in. If this is not true, if it's all a myth, it's still good. Part of the world where the gospel has been rejected lives in utter terror and horror. It's not that they haven't heard the good news, but they have rejected. And at some point in history, we have constantly said, nope, we're doing bigger and better things. I know that this is probably somewhat controversial, but the reality is, is that every child needs a mom and a dad. And that every mom and dad should go through a pregnancy rather than seeing life in the womb as dispensable. Great pastor, way to make the holidays about politics, but this isn't politics. If that's how you view life through the political lens, wake up because you are living. Your mother decided to give birth to you rather than throw you away. It's all showing us that Christ, your Savior, was in his mother's womb just like you and me. Christ, the child, in the womb. And likewise, he tells us that we should follow his pattern for life. Are you simply a slave to politics, to elephants and donkeys? Are you simply a slave to your electronics, your impulses and urges? Where does that get us today? It only breeds us death and destruction. Interestingly enough, that's why the truth of the incarnation, God taking on flesh, his birth, his life, and his resurrection after his death matters. Because kingdoms and countries and leaders and electronics fail. Not so sure, go drop your phone in the toilet. Kingdoms rise and fall all the time, yet the word of the Lord remains forever. The church stands with our Lord calmly, waiting to pick up the pieces of this broken world, waiting to show life and mercy and salt and forgiveness and care to the suffering and the outcast and the lonely, to wash the filthy, to feed the poor, to make known the one who stands amongst us in Mary's womb and even today, a light in the darkness, even in the darkness of Mary's own womb. That's who Jesus is. He is not distant, but he's among you. He is Emmanuel, literally God with us. You don't go to him, he comes to you. And maybe yet you do not see him, but you who have eyes of faith see and hear and say amongst all of these gifts today, my Lord and my God. He unites himself to you and to one another baptized into Christ and his church, you are not alone in this world. There is not really a clearer image of this than in this supper. This supper which forgives you, which you taste and see and receive, and which strengthens your faith. 
Somebody in my church in Charlotte one time who was not raised as a Lutheran and who did not believe that the Lord's Supper was really anything than simply a memorial, once he was catechized, once he learned about the real presence of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of faith, he simply said to me one day, I love the fact that I get to receive communion every Sunday. I love it, Pastor. And I said, why? And he said, well, I used to think that I would get to do this because I was being obedient. Something I was doing for God. But he says, now God is being obedient to me. God is feeding me. And if the church is strengthened in their faith through this gift, the church will only grow stronger as we continue to receive it. Here he is really amongst you. He gathers us into himself and to one another. He is your peace. He is your forgiveness. You are his purpose. You are his very reason for being because his whole life and death was centered on you. He has come to baptize, to wash you in the spirit. He has come to feed you. He has come to meet you as far and lonely and separated you might feel in your sins to forgive and cleanse them and no longer to remember them. So that your purpose now through the power of the Holy Spirit is to live out in his reign with everlasting innocence, righteousness, and blessedness because that's your inheritance. We might even say that's your gift. Waiting not under the tree, but on the tree of his cross poured out for you. But for now, our purpose is the claim and the prayer of the church forever. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, and let's get the party started. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>